if you know and trust that you're your own self, then no one can tell you what you should be or what you are. We are hosting Why Talk, which aims to tackle some of... I forgot what I was saying already. (laughs) Hi, everybody. I'm Jill. And I'm Stephanie. We're hosting Why Talk, which aims to tackle some of today's social issues from a youth perspective. So what are we talking about today, Steph? I think body image is on the docket today. In my work with youth, it's something that is probably always going to be relevant. I think especially when people are like going through body changes, which can be literally anywhere from like 9 to 20. Or Um, now. I'm just going through quarantine, my body changed. (laughs) Same girl. It's kind of like an ever-evolving thing and you're always going to be getting older and aging and your body's going to be changing and developing new things. And I think people move in and out of various abilities. And so ultimately, I think body image is kind of a lifelong journey. Yeah. (laughs) So for our topic today of body image, we actually had the great pleasure of interviewing some pretty cool participants. You want to tell us a bit about who they were? So we had four different youth that we interviewed that participated in Power Camp. They're all in the 12-ish age range. 12 is a tough time. People are mean at that age. They it's are. difficult. Yeah. So we um, just chatted with them about body image, what they think, and we're going to hear some of their voices, and we're going to provide some commentary on this, and hopefully we all learn something today. So we asked one of our participants if they think that body image is something that young people struggle with. Um, and this is what they had to say about that. Yeah, I think people my age struggle with loving their bodies because they get jealous of like teenage models and how their bodies look and they want to be exactly like them. So yeah, the consensus that we had with the youth that we interviewed was that this is definitely an issue. And as was just said, it's always especially difficult when you're comparing yourself to sort of idealized bodies or um, things that may be retouched or edited and images that we see online. So that's, that is super difficult, especially when you are 12 years old and your body is changing and maturing and you're really just kind of starting to figure out who you are. It can be super difficult. But I think as we dive into this body image issue, it's important that we remember this is not just for young women, that this is uh, also affecting trans and non-binary people and even young men are dealing with it doesn't get talked about as much but we asked one of our participants what they think about uh, young men and boys dealing with this and this is what they said men definitely do have a lot of body image problems and a lot of times they're considered that they have to work out at a gym so they can have muscles or they can't eat any junk food because that's just not right Mm-hmm. So, I mean, <laughs> tons of body image problems. Yeah. What do you think are the effects for young men if they're receiving images about their body? Like, what kind of consequences would there be for that? Well, honestly, a lot of people, I feel like it, the consequences can be that they can starve themselves just as much as women do sometimes. They'll go to the gym, work out, and then they get rude comments and that can also affect their mental well-being. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, as this participant really well said, this is an issue that can hit lots of different people in different ways. And it is just a way of sort of controlling and making people feel bad about their bodies that is ultimately unhealthy. And as they said, bad for your mental well-being. And it's also, you know, it is really difficult if you're a 12-year-old boy and you're being told that you need to beef up and bulk and go to the gym. Um, and you're, you know, you've got a body of the average 12-year-old. Like, it's just not going to be there yet. So not only is it just unrealistic sort of it any stage of life and you know it's not really fair 
scared to put that on the older men, especially on the younger ones when it's just like biologically, you know, based on the way that your body is, it's just unlikely to happen. Uh, and it breaks my heart that, you know, this is an issue that so many different people can relate to and are affected by in so many different ways. I think it really is uh, an issue that we need to be taking super seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I also like, obviously I think body image is a really important, um, thing to think about for all genders. But I think if you are like a boy or man or male identifying person, there's the added like the added level of difficulty where it isn't really socially acceptable to talk about body image. Like I know right now if I wanted to, I could like hit up my closest friends and say like, oh, I'm really not feeling good about the way that I look today and they would be supportive of me or like we could have this conversation around body image. But I don't really think that the way that male or like boy friendships work is at least my interpretation from the outside has the same level of openness in terms of talking about the way that you feel about your body. Mm -hmm. I don't think we create a lot of spaces for guys to say, hey, you know what, I don't like the way that I look because we've, we really have, there's been a lot of efforts and it's great. It's wonderful that there's been a lot of like female empowerment messaging, but it's true that we don't really make a lot of space for men to say, hey, you know what, guys, boys, men might not always feel good about the way that they look. So this is an issue that obviously comes up a lot in people's lives and sometimes it's something gets talked about at school, but school can also be an area where we are experiencing negative commentary or um, negative interactions with people about body image. And so one of our participants commented on what it's like sort of being in school these days and what you might be facing. The kids at school, at least at my school, are really mean and they like take, like, they tear a lot of people down and like they're... Mm really hurtful so for me at least it's like been really bad for at school a lot of people have commented on how I look or said really mean things about me or like to me so I think that it kind of depends like the teachers are like oh yeah like be comfortable in your body but not a lot of people can be Oh, man. Yeah, schools can be a really difficult place to be. There can be a lot of sort of negative interactions there, especially at this like young, insecure age. You can just be um, really experiencing some mean and cruel things said about you and about your body. And that's a, that makes schools sometimes a tough place to feel safe and to feel comfortable at. Yeah, I also think like I know obviously that talking about body image is something that's covered in the healthy living curriculum. Um, but I think that almost doesn't do it enough justice because I feel like it's almost like a thread that should be woven into like a bunch of other subjects too. Like I think, and I know teachers already do so much, but like negative comments about other people's like appearance or the way they present themselves happen during math class and during science class and after school and mm -hmm. at lunchtime. And just to have one, you know, maybe like week long bit of curriculum in one class where you say like, it's important to love yourself and this is what body image is. I feel like just isn't really cutting it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had one of our participants comment on whether teachers think that this is sort of like an issue and, and their reaction to it. And they were just noting that a lot of teachers probably just don't know how much it's happening, that they might recognize that it's an issue and it's maybe something, as you say, that's a part of the healthy living curriculum. But it needs to be recognized that this can be popping up really anywhere. And that's both online and in person, at lunch, you know, on the playground, before school, in line, like constantly. Like you never know when some of these comments might be coming up. And as long as people feel like they're being perceived by others, they might be self-conscious about their bodies. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. And I think bullying and like social media and 
body image were not like that's not the same game that it was when I was in that age group Mm -hmm. you know like you had like the safe haven of like oh like you can just go home like they can't Mm -hmm. reach you everywhere you go and now I think that we've kind of like as grown-ups struggled to adapt to how pervasive this issue has become just with the way that social media and the internet have developed Mm -hmm. Another thing that came up in our interviews was we were asking about, you know, it's something that is this something that's talked about in your class? And even if it is, what we heard from our participants was that it's just not necessarily very practical. I have never had a teacher once talk about anything to do when that happens. I have honestly only ever heard the teachers say like body image shaming and stuff like that happens but it's never actually been where like the teacher will say what to do if that happens they're just like this is a thing just beware of it (laughs) yeah so I mean it's you know it's good obviously to recognize that it is an issue that's a good starting spot Um, but if you're not giving students and young people strategies with how to deal with this um, and like specifics then it can be really difficult because if they're tackling this they might encounter issues Uh, we had one student talk about what happens when she is intervening or if she steps in and tries to say something and how difficult that can be so this is what she said about that I don't tell the people because anytime I do like um, I had this group of people and anytime I told them can you stop like that's not nice they said that I was a baby and that it was my fault for saying like that they're not nice so then they would make fun of me for that if I asked them to stop then they'd be like no you like you're just a baby you can't handle it a lot of teachers are like oh just tell them to stop or adults but you can't just tell them to stop because they just think that you're even more of a wimp then or that they can bully you even more so it doesn't get better after that yeah oh yeah that's rough I really feel for them and I can see how that would be a really difficult situation to be in and to know how to respond to yeah and I know like this is kind of generic but I think that young people are often told like oh like tell a trusted adult and then the way that I think that plays out a lot of the time is like they tell a trusted adult whether that's a teacher or an older sibling or a parent and then the advice that they get isn't always super helpful Um, so I think that we really need to work on like what is helpful in these situations and I'm not really sure that I have an answer for that yeah me neither certainly not a one-size-fits-all response you know you just say this and it's gonna shut it down and solve things Um, I think one of the things that really was brought up a lot from our participants was how helpful it would be to have either active role models in their life modeling how to navigate these situations or to have lots and lots of practical application of the knowledge that they're learning in schools like you know as we were kind of already saying it's one thing to bring up an issue and it's a totally other thing to actually equip youth and anyone really with how to deal with that situation Uh, I think it's really not helpful when we tell people to just like toughen up and just uh, let people joke around or whatever I think a lot of times if you know if there is a joke that's made and it's kind of mean and if you stand up for that person or if you say something or you know even if they're not around you to just you call out the person around you and you're like hey you know let's not joke about that or I don't think that that's funny um you often get called like a buzzkill or you're too fragile or you're ruining the mood and that's so sad because we really have like shamed people out of sticking up for um kindness and just like grace and it's it's too bad that we like have 
created this culture of hostility between people where it's kind of more normal to like joke around and to say mean things than it is to be genuine and to be really kind about that. And yeah, so I think just telling people like stick up to bullies is not necessarily helpful. It's just advice that without any kind of like practical grounding um, is not going to ultimately like be helping youth because it doesn't actually show them what that would look like. And speaking of things that's not very helpful advice, we had another participant also bring up something that they've heard from adults before that they don't find helpful and that they don't really know what to do with. So here's what they have to say about that. A lot of grown like adults, they just think, oh, yeah, just they don't think what they said or like just forget about it. You're fine how you are and like don't listen to them. But you can't really not because after they say it, it's just like stuck and then mm-hmm. you don't really think any other way. Mm-hmm. This is a real risk, I think, where if we're telling people to shove things away or not feel them, that then those emotions don't go away. They can be stuck with you for years. And that's really bad. Like we don't want people to be carrying these things with them into their adulthood and letting it impact their future relationships. I think there is this danger where adults a lot of times will say to younger people like, oh, well, it doesn't really matter that much. Just like just get over it because maybe from the adult's lens, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but it is a big deal and it hurts. And I still remember things from my childhood that hurt. And I think that, you know, one of the things that has really helped me comes from self-compassion and mindfulness, where you do let yourself feel bad feelings, where you, you know, you can name them, you can say like, I feel embarrassed or hurt or sad or whatever, and, and recognize that and then kind of just like sit with that and acknowledge it and feel it and give yourself care and then try to let that kind of pass through you. But this is, you know, it's hard. It comes with, you have to like be able to accept yourself and validate your feelings and it's something that you need to be practicing like again and again if i have like any advice for younger people it's that unfortunately this is kind of your homework for life like you learning to accept yourself and learning to be okay with that and learning to feel your feelings and validate that and question why you think things and why you believe things is kind of an ongoing life project. And so, you know, I'm 30 years old and I'm still learning things and I'm sure when I'm 50 and 60, I'm still going to be learning things. And it's not something you really ever get to take a break from. Like you just kind of wake up every day and you think, okay, I'm going to try to learn new ways to be kind to myself, to be kind to people around me. But it is kind of an ongoing thing. And so if you're young and you're feeling frustrated with it. um, There's more to come. Yeah, (laughs) there's more. No, I think it's more just like it is something that you can work at bit by bit. And if I wish I had started when I was 12 years old feeling better about these things and and being more intentional about that and it's definitely something that comes with practice it's not something you're like immediately going to be really good at I think it's really hard to take out those negative thoughts inside your mind especially if you've been receiving that from society maybe people in your family are saying negative things to you and you have that so it's not it's not an easy overnight quick fix it's there's nothing that I can say as an adult to be like just get over it or move on or feel good about yourself just love yourself it is something that's going to be like a daily practice and it's just something that you work on. And it's okay if you mess up and it's okay if you have negative thoughts. Sometimes things just pop into your head that don't feel good. But the more that you just sort of allow that to pass through you, then I think that you can kind of start moving on from that. Yeah, I really like the way that you framed it as like homework. It's not like it's a checklist where I'm like, oh, positive, healthy body image got that checked off for life. Like I think it's something that you need to constantly put effort into maintaining. 
because I think in the society we live in, there is constant pressure to look a certain way. So as long as that pressure exists, you need to like exert equal or stronger pressure back in terms of like accepting yourself. So just kind of realizing that like the work is never really going to be done. Um, but yeah, that you can work at it little by little. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely something that you can work at in collaboration with other people in terms of, you know, if you're maybe having a hard time starting off being kind to yourself, you can always practice by being kind to your friends, being kind to people around you. And as you say kind things to other people and you validate their feelings and you make them feel good about themselves, then maybe that will give you the skills that you can turn on yourself and practice those things on yourself and sort of treat yourself like a friend, like how you would and just kind of be gentle with that. But we can always be practicing it. It's good to hype up your friends, be kind to them, and you can just be practicing the skill. It is really, it's like a muscle really that you're developing is like a kindness muscle, a self-kindness muscle. Oh, I love that. (laughs) I wonder where in the body that's held. (laughs) I think mine's on my toes. (laughs) It's just Um, small right now. It's getting bigger. (laughs) Um, yeah, I also think it's so important, like the people, um, that you choose to surround yourself with. And I know that not everybody that surrounds you is, you know, there by your own choice, but I think that we all do have some, um, some say in what our social circles look like. So I think you can kind of take a look around you and think like, are the people that I'm choosing to spend my time with, like, are my like close friends, uplifting me or are they tearing me down and if they are tearing me down do we have the type of relationship where I can talk to them and express that I'm not okay with that and then make that more of a healthy relationship or is this always going to be toxic and do I maybe need to move on and try to make some new friends that are maybe more uplifting yeah it's so important the people you have around you one of our participants was talking about how their grandpa is a really big encouragement in their life and that he is someone who will just like make them feel good about how they look or encourage other people in their family to pursue things that they might be passionate about, you know, maybe do sports or, or pursue instruments or something like that. And I think that that's really great. It's nice to have a grandpa or someone in your corner, a family member who's going to hype you up and make you feel good about yourself. They also said that their friends are giving them compliments and feeling really good. And so I was really happy to hear that. I'm happy to hear people who have good people in their lives to make them feel good about that. So before we were talking a little bit about like letting things just kind of pass through you and letting things uh, maybe not kind of like take over. And I think it would be good to also talk a little bit about something that you and I have talked about uh, in terms of like body image. And that is the difference between like body positivity and um, body acceptance or body neutrality. So to start that off, Steph, do you want to tell me what you understand is the difference between these things? The way that I see body positivity is like everybody should love their bodies all the time and all bodies are beautiful. And I love that in theory, but I just know for me that's not very practical. There are certain times where I can definitely accept my body, but where I don't particularly love it. So, for example, one of my favorite foods is um, pad thai, but my body does not love it. And I know that after I eat pad thai, I will look four months pregnant. And I can accept that because I love eating pad thai, but I don't love the way that I look after eating pad thai. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that there's almost this like forced positivity that we try to put on people. And it comes, I think, honestly, from a fear in our culture of experiencing negative emotions or even allowing the space or the nuance to, to talk about those things. We kind of think it's better if we just tell people to be happy all the time and just feel good about stuff and love yourself and be beautiful. 
And that's just not realistic most of the time. And if you're failing to do that and then you're going to make yourself feel bad about that, ultimately it's just a bad outcome. And so I think Mm -hmm. what's a better approach is, yeah, as you say, body acceptance. And so rather than saying, I have to love my body every single day and I have to always feel good about it. Instead saying, hey, you know what? This is my body. This is who I am. One of our participants actually said it really well. She said, um, sometimes you just have to learn that you can't force yourself to be in a different body, yeah. which I love because it's so true. This is this is the body that you're in. Ultimately, you can, you know, here and there you can make some modifications, but this is the vehicle that you have sort of to move through life. And so the more that you can just accept that and look at it and and you don't even have to view things as like, I love it despite my flaws. Like you don't even have to view it as flaws. Just say like, this is the way that it is. And I'm going to practice being kind to this body and I'm going to practice taking care of this body. And I'm going to practice, you know, just living my life and trying to focus less on it rather than always saying I have to feel hot every day I have to wake up in the morning and feel like the most beautiful person on planet earth because you just don't need to focus on that like why not focus on being a good person or being kind or being funny and rather than just being like I have to look good and I have to make sure that I love how I look I think you just have to accept this is my body and what can I do with it yeah and I know like I think most people are aware of like some really unrealistic beauty standards, but I find the body positivity movement gives us almost equally unrealistic expectations for how we should view our bodies. Like I think we need to recognize that like humans are pretty dynamic and the way that you feel about your body will fluctuate over time and even over the course of a day. And for me, at least personally, the end goal is to accept my body no matter what. Um, and love it as much as I can, but realize that that's not something that's going to happen 24-7 for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And I love the idea of body neutrality specifically, where just being neutral about your body and kind of almost just not thinking about it that much, kind of trying to take away some of the emphasis. I know it's been really hard moving through COVID and in this in this time when you're, you know, if you're on a Zoom call or, um, you know, you're in class and you're like on a Teams call and you have the little image of your face down in the bottom it's made Mm -hmm. me so aware of myself and being perceived and I realize normally when I'm in my happiest moments if I'm hanging out with my friends and we're just laughing about something I don't care what I look like in that moment you know Mm -hmm. I think one of the worst things you can do is see a picture of yourself laughing or a photo it's normally so unflattering (laughs) but I don't think about that when I'm with my friends laughing and I think in those moments where I'm just using my body to laugh or to be physically with my friends and I'm not focused on that are some of the moments that I felt the most peace or I felt the most joy and I'm just not thinking about what I look like so I think the more we can move towards that again not ignoring things if you have something in your body that's hurting or whatever you certainly don't want to ignore your body or ignore what it's telling you Mm -hmm. but I think that there are ways that you can kind of put less emphasis on it and as you say it should be the least important part about you the least Mm -hmm. interesting part about you is what you look like yeah okay and I think the last thing we kind of want to bring up and talk about here is something that came up in one of our interviews that was really great in terms of relating to other people and how you can be thinking about these issues in relation to other people and selecting the language that you use to speak kindly to other people so this is what they said not all women are beautiful. Sometimes they want to be considered handsome. Same with boys. Sometimes boys want to be considered beautiful or pretty. And some people don't even want to be 
complimented. They want to be complimented about their smarts or that they're a really nice person. Some people only want to be complimented on their personality. Oftentimes, I feel like if you compliment a person on their looks, it can cause mental problems, even if it wasn't even meant to hurt someone, it can. So I feel like always probably, uh, like always you should compliment them on how nice they are or their smarts or if you really like them and you think that they're wonderful. Like I would never go up to someone and say, oh, you're really beautiful. Like some people do not like that at all. Mm -hmm. Which is a really good point. It is, you know, I think that lots of different things can be beautiful, like a sunset or whatever. It doesn't necessarily have to be gendered. But unfortunately, the way that our language has evolved, you kind of have beautiful for women and girls and handsome for guys and men. And so if someone is exploring what feels best to them and if maybe, you know, even if it's trans, non-binary or they're just not sure, they're questioning, it could be really hard for them to hear, you know, if they show up to school one day and if you if you use one of those words, if you say you look beautiful or you look handsome or something, that might be sort of putting a, a gendered idea or a gendered norm on them that doesn't feel good to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, I just think it's safe to focus on like the content of somebody's character or their personality or what they're choosing to do. Um, instead of like what they look like or the vessel that they're in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I honestly really wish that those terms like beautiful and handsome weren't so commonly coded by gender because sometimes I will see like a cisgender man and the first thing that comes to mind is like, oh, that person is beautiful. And I also have some female friends who like I would define as handsome. Mm-hmm. And like I, I just wish that we could be at a place in society where they didn't have to be coded by gender, where they could mean slightly different things um, without having it be an insult if I call a man beautiful or a woman handsome. Uh, Yeah, I know. I feel like we're just obsessed with gendering everything and kind of controlling what those gender roles and lines have to be, which is really frustrating. But um, yeah, I think we've had a really good talk about some of the issues here today. And I want to leave us off with some really great advice from one of the participants and just what they thought about all of this and just kind of words of wisdom to leave us with here. No matter what anyone says, you're yourself. So just be you. And if someone mistreats you or doesn't like your appearance, it's your appearance. Don't let them tell you what you're supposed to be. Honestly, it's like ridiculous how many people think that they have to believe in what other people think they should be or what they should do so if you know and trust that you're your own self then no one can tell you what you should be or what you are All right. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We super appreciate it. Thank you to all of our participants for giving us so much wisdom and so much insight. I hope that you learned something today. I know I did, and I'm going to be applying the most of my everyday life. I'm just going to close things off with a little bit of lightheartedness from one of the interviews that we had here today. Uh, we asked someone something that had nothing to do with their body image, and they ended up actually telling us a joke. So I will leave you with that. What is one thing that you love about yourself that has nothing to do with your appearance? Um, my humor. Your humor. <laughs> Do you have any jokes you could tell me? Uh, knock, knock. Who's there? Nobody. Nobody who? 